What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Progressive Action TV show. Now, before we get started, we're going to watch this um, video on why is service so bad. So watch this video and we'll be right back. service so bad I'm gonna link a video down below I'm gonna link a video it's a video that um, was made on YouTube I think it's by the New York Times I'm not really sure or the New York Journal one of those things and it talks about why service is so bad. It talks about how our service is so outdated that there's nothing we can do about service. I don't know too much about um, the train station, but they basically talk more about the train stations and something the old leaders did and some debt they took. And because of that, we have bad service. But I'm gonna speak in those references why service is bad as bus operators. Why is MTA service so bad? One thing that makes service so bad is that they've cut service. Even though they're increasing fares, they're cutting service. They've been doing this since I've came in. The M4 in Manhattan, they used to tell me that it had 100 runs. Now it has 51. A run is like the number of buses that go out so if it had a hundred buses that went out now it has 51 that's 49 less runs that makes service worse another reason service has gotten worse is that they noticed that there was a lot of fatalities so because there was a lot of fatalities they implemented Vision Zero, which is a great thing, but Vision Zero is a slow down. Bus operators are not supposed to go 25 miles per hour. If a bus operator does what he's supposed to do, he should never be on time. Honestly, when you have a bus operator who is on time, appreciate him because he just wants to get to lunch. But the truth is, if anything happens to him, He's entitled to everything that happens to him and he's in trouble and he could affect his job. He could even lose his job depending of what the situation is. A bus operator hits somebody with the front of the bus and they've taught us to go so slow that if we ever hit somebody, not even a scratch should be on them. That's their process of thinking. Another thing is, since trains are going late, we're picking up bigger loads and picking up bigger loads reduces our chances of making service. When people get on the bus, they play games. They swipe their Metro cards knowing that they have nothing and they stay there looking for it, holding up the line. Because of that, we can't make service. So making service is not easy. Every time you pull up to a bus stop, you have to be adjacent to the bus stop. Adjacent is like this. That's what adjacent means. 
I don't I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say, but you have to be your bus has to be parallel to the bus stop. That's why we never arc the buses like this to a bus stop. People say why you didn't pull in? Because if I can't get it adjacent, I'm entitled for whatever happens. I get hit, something happens when I'm pulling out. So we have to be adjacent. So we have to follow the rules of being adjacent. So when we get there, then we have to lower the bus. Lowering the bus, then we have to open the front door, then the back door. We have to turn the interlock. After we turn the interlock, we must let everybody sit down. Does the bus driver let everybody sit down? No, we don't. We keep moving, but we still can't make service. It's tough out here. It's not easy to make service. And when you see a bus driver, even me, mostly me, I, I, I don't get a lot of... I'm not late a lot. I don't get a lot of cut slips, even though they think I do because every time I see a dispatcher, I'm asking for a cut slip. A cut slip is basically a form that is called a deviation slip. Every time you're late, you get paid for it because it's driving time. But driving time, you're supposed to get paid for it. But back on topic. So I'm not late like that because I like to move, you know, but it's not the right thing to do. It's not what we're supposed to do. Our job is safety. So because our job is safety and there's guys who have real mortgages and everybody's underpaid in the city, even us who make a decent amount of money, people don't in jeopardize their jobs for anything. Nobody's going to in jeopardize their jobs. You see us bus operators doing stuff and like, oh, look, he left me. If he pulls out the bus stop, he's got to leave. He's got to try to make service and he's going to try. But everything in what our job titles tells us to do doesn't allow us to make service. And every time they're increasing your bus fare, you never talk about the amount of buses that come. You always talk about how the bus driver's an asshole. You always complain about the bus driver, but you don't complain about the company that keeps increasing your fare. You don't complain about the service of the buses, meaning the number of, of buses on service. You, you, guys, you guys don't understand that what's being done to you is being done to us. I try to explain it to some people and they tell us no. Another thing people tell us, Oh, you're just playing games. You just want to be late. You don't care about us because you're at your job. Imagine you doing things that your boss tells you not to do or what they teach you not to do if you're a sales rep. Oh, you don't have to buy. This is too expensive here. Go across the street. Does that sound logical? Um, we, we really don't care about other passengers' feelings when it comes to safety. I'm sorry to tell you. And no, we're not trying to get you there late. It's, it's hard to make service when you can only go. We're not gonna play the whole video, but that's our brother, um, Jason Felix. He's a bus operator in Mapstoa. Um, he makes videos like almost a couple of videos a week maybe now. And um, he's gonna start sharing his videos with Progressive Action. So thanks for the video, brother. Now, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. First, let's get into um, our, our advertisements. We got the Women's Brunch coming up October 26th. That's Saturday, October 26th at Sugar Hill Restaurant, 217 Nostrand Avenue. Um, the women is going to be running this. We have some guest speakers. 
Um, more guest speakers are being added as we speak. But I encourage all the women to come out to this brunch. This is our second one. The first one was excellent. And we just looking to expand on this. Now, this next advertisement I got coming up is something new. It's something innovative. Um, this is called Pancakes and Paint by General Cools Entertainment. I, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. But um, it's the first Sunday of every month, Pancakes and Paint. And this is from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's a kids brunch um, paint party. You bring your kids out to enjoy Sunday morning brunch, painting, face painting, balloons, animals, and full of everything tickets the tickets is on eventbrite actually the ticket link is inside this video so when you um finish watching the video look into the description of the video you will see um the link for that and it's not over yet they also have pizza and paint another dope concept and this is from 4 p.m to 8 p.m the same location um, matter of fact, I ain't named the location yet, but the net location name is Sesame Flyers, 3510 Church Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11203. And the promo code for this event is PROACT, P-R-O-A-C-T. Um, and this event is starting this Sunday, October 6th, and every first Sunday of the month after. I like this idea. Take a real good look at the... Um, The picture, the poster, pizza and paint, pancakes and paint. You guys should come out, bring your kids. I like that idea. Um, shout out to CRB10. We made six years Sunday. Shout out to all my classmates. Um, a few of them went to train operator. Um, I believe one or two may have went to supervisor. And me, I'm here still a conductor. <laughs> but... I'm a conductor for a good cause. Um, yeah, but shout out to my classmates. You know, six years, time went by very fast. Um, a lot of us have grown in those six years, and I couldn't pick a better set of people to come back, come into transit with. So shout out to my classmates. Um, so let's get into some TA business. Let's get into, yeah, let's get into some TA business. Okay, our first set of business is this. This is reported in the Daily News. MTA officials ask Orthodox Jewish transit worker to prove he's observing Rosh Hashanah according to the union. Now let me say this. I am not mad that they pushing for this under any circumstance. You know, if the TA violating someone faith or religion, the TA need to be held accountable and responsible. I'm not mad at that. And it's a smart thing to try to make an attempt um, at, at, of being allies with the Jewish community and showing, you know, what kind of employees, employees that we work for. The issue that I have is that where was this en energy at for the Muslim brothers who were sent back to being conductors because they refused to cut off their bed because the MTA didn't want to accommodate them with a specific type of respirator for the type of work that they do. <clears throat> I have an issue with that. It seems as if our union fight for one section, but don't fight for the other. And um, I, I, I just don't get it. You know, how can how can you do that? 
why is this an issue all of a sudden now? And not to mention all the other faiths that um have to put in for their days, for their religious days or whatever the case is, they have to bring in documentation. All of this fight right here was because um, the conductor didn't want to bring in docu documentation. He felt that he didn't have to bring in documentation. And But all the other faiths have to bring in documentation. I didn't get that. I don't get it. I refuse to get it. And this is what this is the response that the TA said. Um, this issue has been reviewed by New York City Transit Supervision, and it was confirmed that no documentation is necessary. I believe that the TA set a precedent just now, and I feel that no faith will have to bring in documentation ever again, ever again. I don't know how they do it for one and not want to do it for the other, but we're going to see about this story and we're going to keep an eye on stories similar to this um, moving forward. Next in the news, we have Cuomo announces L train construction is three months ahead of schedule. will wrap up in April. Hmm. Now I want y'all to take a good look at this picture. I'm not going to really talk on when the L train is going to be um, finished. We all know it's a rush job. We all know that um, it was done unsafely. Uh, the work There's workers that's going to speak out on this in the very near future. But I want to talk about, I'm going to switch the picture just, just for the picture that's on the newspaper. I just wanna, want you guys to focus on this picture. This picture is a problem. I have a problem with this picture. Because Cuomo is watering down the safety aspect of our job by taking photo ops like this no ppe no vest no helmet he looks like a regular new yorker ride in the subway and next to him he have his daughter he decided to bring his daughter to the presser and she has on a knee-high skirt which is even worse this picture right here of cuomo standing in the tunnel on a road bed sends a bad message to passengers because Passengers see pictures like this when they drop their items to the road bed. They go jump down to the road bed and they go to retrieve these um, items. And if you look at this picture, it don't look dangerous. And that's what the passengers think when they go down to the road bed sometimes is that this is not dangerous. We've seen the governor do it. In fact, he brung his daughter with a knee high skirt on a road bed, too. So it can't be that bad because the governor is down there. But when passengers get hit by trains, and they jump down to the road bed for whatever reason. It's the train crew who gets treated like criminals. It's the train operator. It's the conductor. We got to go for incident testing. We restricted until X, Y, and Z comes back clear. But meanwhile, you have the governor down there um, taking photo ops and not making it seem like it's dangerous at all. Now, um, what's ironic is the chief development officer, that's the guy actually with a vest on and a helmet, his name is Jan Oliba. Um, on the side of his helmet, if you look closely, it says safety first. Right on the side. Safety first. That's a joke. Because he has the governor and his daughter there disobeying safety to a T. Um, and for those who don't know, Jano is a he's a real estate executive who left um Silverstein properties in 2017 for the position for this MTA position right here. He also played the role in rebuilding the World Trade Center complex in lower Manhattan. So 
you know, he's a guy who's knowledgeable, who knows about safety and should be taking safety serious. And let me see something real quick. See if. All right. It, it, pull, it popped up. I want to I want to get you guys comments on the screen. Uh, OK, give me one second. Let me get you guys comments on the screen. I like to have you guys comments on the screen. Okay, they got the comments right there. Um but it 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 waters down the safety aspect of our job and that's not good. Um I think that the governor should um definitely put on PPE. He shouldn't be bringing company his daughter there is 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 we can't bring our kids to our job on on bring your child child to work day. I can't have my son ride in the cab with me. But he could have his daughter go to the road bed, no PPE, knee high skirt, and basically do whatever they want. Get the fuck out of here! Get out of here with that, Cuomo. Everyone who's watching this should be upset at the um at how the governor just basically make our jobs uh look like trash and easy and anyone could do it. Uh, moving right along. So also in the daily news and shout out to my brother, Clayton Gusa. Um, he has a lot of he covered the transit stories and um, for us in the daily news. And he does a great job. So the MTA for decades pumped asbestos filled air into giant Brooklyn bus depot where more than 1000 people worked. This is a very serious, serious, serious thing right here. Matter of fact, let me play. I'm going to play the video of the vice president of um surface in brooklyn basically the buses the union representation for the buses in brooklyn i'm gonna play his video real quick and um i'm gonna be right here i'm gonna stay right here let's go play while i got that line tell them to come here and stick their finger in the asbestos hole of course it's clear they're lying they're dragging their feet if it was quote unquote broad they'd have 100 people here investigating everyone well, this is workers' health and safety. It's the community's health and safety. They got to get off their ass. And they got to fix it. And it's insulting. Here's the proof. Could you tell us the this particular? This is about the whole time. What's important here is that the underlying lying issue. There is asbestos in the building. No one's refuting that. They may refuse the construction but with the Yes, there is asbestos in the building. That is the underlying. Now, how people describe uh, the levels of it, or how they describe of uh, the how many people are ill from it, there's conversations around that, but there is no conversation that inside this building here in East New York, or uh, as long as this building has been built, we have in this building uh, asbestos. And after 30 years after, it should have been removed. That is a fact that has not been disputed by the MTN. Who's putting out that line? Now, this is the issue. We just watched the video and they showed, I'm not going to say they, but JP Patafio, he, he showed fake um, anger. Like they didn't know what was going on. And, and you know, this is, this is fairly new to them. And, you know, whatever the case may be. Let me... um fix this one more time but uh this is the problem right so is there asbestos in that building yes there is 
um, is this the the issue is is the asbestos is it disturbed? Is it airborne? Has it been tampered with? You know, is it breaking apart? That's the issue. And the MTA, I guess they got someone to do a report. And basically, in the report, it says um, laboratory analysis of the air samples collected indicated less than 0.01 fibers per cubic centimeters. And I'm going to explain that in a second. So, um, if the air samples collected in the workplace indicate airborne fibers concentrations at or above 0.01 fibers per cubic centimeter or the established background level, whichever is greater, work shall stop immediately. So being that this report that's on the screen now says that it was less than 0.01 um, fibers per cubic centimeter, there wasn't no need to stop the work or whatever the case is. And this is the um, state standard. Um, so the, the issue that I have with the union regarding this is that who conducted this test? If it was the MTA who conducted this test, then why are they trusting the MTA to conduct these tests or hire the people to conduct these tests? Is the union hiring their own independent people to conduct the air, to take air sample um, tests at East New York Depot? That's the thing, because the, the, the union can't say we don't trust the TA, this, that, this, that, this, that. But then they come back with their findings and then you trust the TA on their findings. They also said the air was clear um, during 9-11 and nothing was done with that either. And we can't trust the TA when it comes to our health. Just can't do it. So did the union put something in place where we tested the air quality ourselves without relying on the TA to um, basically control the narrative on that? Now, as far as the union saying that they didn't know, that's another lie. And I have some emails to prove it. And this is basically from um, the lead stationary engineer for Local 30. Um, and what's funny was that I knew about this, this issue. And um, the union was notified. And they act like they wasn't notified. This is an email from the guy himself letting them know that there's an issue going on at this place. The guy actually contacted Paul Navarro. And he's like the, the the safety guy, director of subway safety. And even though it's subways, safety is safety at the end of the day. And he instructed him to have the workers go complain to their um their union reps. That's not how safety should be handled. Safety shouldn't be a command of um chain of command thing. Safety should be um taken as soon as it's heard by whoever heard it and reported immediately. It should not take a chain of command or rely on workers to complain about something that they don't even know about. They didn't even know about the asbestos there. Another worker from another union knew about the asbestos there. And that's why he alerted the safety um, department of TWU and they dropped the ball. So all that fake outrage of these guys talking about, Oh, safety, this, and my work is this, my work is that if it's that, then why didn't they shut down the depot? Just like um, Nita just said, then close the building until it gets fixed. No asbestos in the building. If it's asbestos floating in the air and you guys are so adamant that it is, then you could stop work due to a safety issue. 
Stop the work. No buses. Nobody report to that depot. Have them have a trailer outside until they get that trailer outside. Then nobody report inside to that depot. If you got heart and you got balls, don't be don't talk because your face got a hole in it. Put it into action. Shut down the depot if you buy, if you're really about it. They always want to call some type of some type of bluff. It's, it's sickening with these guys. They all, what they call that? Lip service. Whole bunch of lip service from these guys and no damn action. Moving along. Now, I found this to be very, very, very interesting. I, I'm not going to lie. When I seen it, I got excited briefly. Then I remembered who I was dealing with. <laughs> so... um. The union tweeted out this picture, President Utano with TWU International President Samuelson and Anthony Simon and Vinny Testori from Smart LIRR discussing our collective fight against the MTA. Now, when you look at this picture, you like finally the union is making a move to work with the Long Island Railroad so we could both secure good contracts, which seems like an intelligent thing to do. Very intelligent thing to do. So, but look at that picture. They had a table eating. There's no notes being taken, no tablets, no anything. So visually, it just looks good because they about the Long Island Railroad and New York City Transit is about to wage a war against the MTA. And um, But when you dig deeper into it, um, for something of this magnitude, our contract is very, 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 it's a serious thing, man. Our contract is a serious thing. So something of this magnitude, even if, even if it's their first time meeting, there should be some type of, you know, note-taking material, iPads, computers, pen and pads. You know, if you want to sell, if you want to sell uh, um, a visual you know, they, they they just look like, you know, friends going to have lunch, catch up on old times. And um, if this if this was put was was if this photo was made to put the MTA on notice, um, it should have taken place in the office somewhere serious. You know, a couple of VPs around the top four there. Um, you know, instead of just going to social media and looking like old friends catching up on lunch, you know, I I don't buy this picture. And um just to point out one thing, these uh union, these other two guys from the um Long Island Railroad, um, Vinny, he's actually on the MTA board himself. And if you check their social media, they didn't put this picture on their social media because they know it's BS. They know that it's BS. Now, last week, just last week, we had the members rally um, September 25th at the MTA board meeting. Um, it was beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the turnout. And um, it was just it was just like a, a, a great feeling to have a whole bunch of workers come together. It was organized great by um, Local 100 Fight Back and, um, and us Progressive Action. And um, the union didn't support it. In fact, they called our rally counterfeit. And um, I'm going to play a little bit of the video, a step-by-step -step 
except when we did the little rally outside, but going into the building, I'm going to give y'all a little background insight on what we actually went through and had to face. Um, so just watch the video. I'm not going to go through This is actually us going inside the building um, after we had, was across the street. Um, a few of us gave a few speeches. I'm um, talking to the crowd. Then, you know, we came into the building. So we get into the building. We swipe our passes. You know, I don't want them to try to treat us like we don't work here. We are employees. We have passes. We can go into the building whenever we want as long as our pass work. So that shouldn't have been an issue. Now, I'm going to skip to another video. Matter of fact, let me take that off the screen. Um, this, this next video, which I'm going to play, is the hurdle that the comp, that the MTA tried to throw at us, um, talking about that we needed wristbands after we swiped our pass and came upstairs. This is the games that they play. Um, we are regular members or employees. I don't say regular employees. Everybody is a regular employee. But we are employees, and then they tried to treat us different, discriminate against us, and say, hey, y'all employees, but y'all also, um, we don't respect y'all, and you guys have to go downstairs and get wristbands just like the passengers do because we don't recognize you guys um, working in this building so i'm gonna I'm play this video also because it's very very important pay attention i think this lady here she's like some type of security um person and she stopped me talk about we need passes and you know her supervisor was was gonna have to come or whatever and i'm telling her like you know this is a mistake you shouldn't be doing this and basically, um, I'm explaining to her, like, come on, y'all know how we do. Like, we're going to talk about this on the show. It's very important that you guys see what they do to us behind the scenes because you only see the stuff that they put out there normally. There's nobody reporting as to what goes on behind the scenes. So moving forward, if we have any kind of... Events, make sure you have your cameras rolling when we encounter these type of um, obstacles. That's, I think he's in charge of security and she's explaining to him and he's acting like he never heard of it. I think that they just made that up as soon as we came upstairs. And um, oh no, she, she's explaining something to him. And then at this point, you see me turn around and um, the managing director of the MTA, Miss um, Ronnie Hakim, um, she called me and you know, I basically asked her about the um the wristband situation and you will hear her say she don't believe that that's policy but you know she is basically saying that you know she thought i brung bought a whole bunch of people to speak i actually didn't um i didn't want a whole bunch of people to speak because it it, it, it like takes away the potency of the message itself so i didn't want to sit through 20 speeches myself to be honest i think a good 10 um i think actually like 12 13 of us spoke nine of us spoke consecutively i believe um but they wanted i think they want to hear what we have to say for the most part because a lot of them is out of touch on what's really going on um, on the ground level, especially with some of these superintendents and how these managers are acting on the ground level, and which I'm going to speak about in a few. I actually can't wait to get to it. So I compiled the video of um, basically, basically the punchlines of uh, the speeches from two Broadway, of 
all of us who spoke consecutively together. So I want y'all to watch this. I want y'all to continue to share this video because it's important that we get our message out there. I'm going to just play this punchline video. Then we're going to come back to more important news. Watch this. You affecting our livelihood? It's a matter of time before we affect yours. And for the record, for the record, this is what we think about these contract proposals. So if you want to ensure our safety and the rider's safety, then you have to do a better job than just sitting in this meeting talking about month after month what is supposed to happen and get out there and put in correct safety measures for us. Thank you. Sometimes I think the post works for the MTA board. You guys fill the newspaper with, we're lazy, we're taking so many days off. Like, I haven't had a Christmas off in years. I haven't had a Thanksgiving off in years. I haven't had a Fourth of July off in years. I haven't had my birthday off in years. Like, it's embarrassing. The only thing, the only good thing in this room with you MTA board guys is President Byfield. I will say, President Byfield, you are a godsend to the MTA. And we appreciate you. We, the transit workers, did not come here today for special treatment, for you would accuse us of wanting. We did not come here for the revolution, for you would accuse us of violence. Let it be written for all to read. When the MTA said yes, we said no. Labor brings in money. Respect labor and give us a fair contract. Because of liars like Larry Schwartz and liars like Patrick Foy. You got $400,000 a year. We can't get 2%. You liar. You got blood on your hands. How dare you come here and talk about you care about us. You're really wringing your hands about how much we're injured. Do you really believe that anybody believes these lies? The time for that nonsense is over. It's over. When we come to work, we get assaulted. We get abused. We got a gentleman here that got stabbed in his back. None of you responded to it. But the minute Cuomo says jump, the first thing you ask is how high? Where's your manhood? Where's your womanhood? Stand up for what's right. We move this city and pay us correctly. That you and the MTA don't care about the safety of workers or riders, except to cover your ASS. You don't even think of us as human. We are just cogs in your machine to make the service run. But transit workers care about safety. We have to. Unlike you, our lives are on the line. Unlike you, we actually care about working people and their lives, the millions who ride our trains. What the MTA fears is an alliance between transit workers and riders, and it is coming together. They don't have nothing, nothing to worry about. They, they're well aware that the fact that there's no police protection out there. And we all know that. We can see it. And they see it, and they've become very brazen, and it's unsafe for not only for us as employees, but for the writing public and tourists that come from all over America and, and abroad. The only praise I've heard for the actual workforce doing the work was from Mr. Byford, okay? If you look in the sports world, the manager, the coach, the owners, they don't get the team into the Super Bowl or the World Series. They're never named the MVP. It's the team. It's the workforce yeah. that does the work. Spring Street over the weekend had flood protection. There is no flood protection at Spring Street, folks. It's on an upgrade. <laughs> it would have to be on a downgrade for there to be flood protection. I guess you guys don't know the difference between up and down. 
So we have to be a little bit smarter on the way that we spend the money that you supposedly have or don't have. Doesn't matter to me because we're still not going to see it because you guys want to treat us like garbage. But understand this. We make the city move. You don't. You affecting our livelihood? Man, those speeches were so powerful there, man. And, and I'm surprised because mostly everyone who spoke that day, I asked them to speak outside, spur of the moment. They didn't really have anything planned. But this goes to show you how passionate workers are. So shout out to my coworkers. Shout out to you guys, man. I know it's a lot of pressure um, not being a speaker and, and, you know, basically being summoned to speak, chosen to speak. You know, I understand how, how hard it is. And, um, you know, just for the record, we're going to put out there, um, Patrick Foy, MTA headquarters, the chief of the MTA, he makes almost $348,000 a year. Um, and he's a liar. He's a liar. Um, he lied about how many days we get off. He lied about... Um, the corruption that goes on with the rank and file workers in both Long Island Railroad and New York City Transit. Um, he actually lied on the Bridgegate scandal. Um, and that's the job that he had before he came here. But like I said at the MTA board meeting, lying and corruption goes right along with Cuomo agenda. And for those, for, and, and this is one more video. This video is, is 20 something seconds long. You guys really need to know what's going on at these MTA board meetings. So I'm going to play this video and, and listen closely to what this lady is saying. Listen very closely to what she's saying. It's important. Like if you don't go to the, if you don't want to speak at the MTA board meeting, it's still good that you go to hear what they have to say, because they say a lot of flagrant stuff and about us and nobody is there to defend us. So listen closely to this video right here. It's 23 seconds long. Um, as I'm sure we're all very much aware, we have a very physically demanding environment that our employees work in, and we're very much a microcosm of our society. Society as a whole is not as physically fit as, as it, it could be, um, and many of, of the employees are experiencing some of those challenges in the work that they're doing. Um, as I'm sure we're all very much aware... For, 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 for the record... She got to get out of here with that. Her name is um, Laurie Ebbinghausen, I believe, something like that. And she basically said that we, um, the reason for the soft tissue injuries is because we are a microcosm of the public who is generally out of shape and that we are out of shape and, and basically fat or whatever the case is. This is what these people say. At this MTA, but she act like she got a body like Rihanna or something. Somebody should have told her to stand up. Or let's see, can she run on the treadmill for five minutes straight and all that other stuff? Like, is her brain in shape to be on the MTA board? But this is this is the stuff that these people say and do. Let me get this back on. I gotta get this back. This is the stuff that they say and do. For those following us, listen. If you got Twitter. Can you please I'm a, let me put this on the screen real quick because I'm trying to get this I'm trying to get this Twitter this Twitter thing going the right way. If you have Twitter, please follow our Twitter page Progressive Act Progressive A C T. If you have Twitter, 
please follow Progressive ACT. If you have Instagram, follow us at Progressive Action. I had to slip that in there because you guys always seem to forget. So after, at, let, me, let me put the Twitter back up there because I definitely need the Twitter back pop. So after um, our rally at the MTA board, uh, we went to the EMS rally and had go a few pictures from there. Um, they basically fighting for the same thing that we fighting for. I'm going to touch on it in a second. But we took a few pictures there. They allowed us on the city hall steps right along with them, which I thought was great. Uh, I had the opportunity to make uh, New York State. Um, my this is the sister, Letitia James, man. She 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 uh, she she's great. You know she support the union, um, but she don't know the story. Um, behind you know the union and stuff oh new york state um attorney general so shout out to her we took a picture together um i whispered something in her ear she whispered something back so you know i'm gonna I'm a handle that situation and and do some more investigating or whatever the case may may be but for those who don't know the ems they are fighting a battle within themselves so basically what it says on the screen is a group of FDNY emergency medical services members rallied outside City Hall on Wednesday to protest the longtime pay gap between EMTs and firefighters and police. Sounds very similar to our story, right? Despite the salary differences, emergency medical service services members respond annually to around 1.5 million of the 1.8 million emergency calls the FDNY receives. The following is a breakdown of salaries for FDNY emergency medical technicians, paramedics, firefighters, and New York City police officers. And this is all according to the Daily News. Basically, EMTs max out at 50000 after five years. Paramedics, 65000 um after five years. Uh, firefighters' starting pay is around 45000 increasing to 110000 Police officers, they increase to about 85000 but end up going to like a hundred thousand with um shift differentials over time and other benefits, and we we fit somewhere around the paramedics, um, after five years, especially conductors, we're around sixty five to seventy five thousand dollars. We don't compete with a lot of these um titles either, and what they what they did, what they did with this was they compared similar work. You know, they all work together in some form or fashion. And it's the same argument in which I tried to bring forward as far as our work between Metro North and Long Island Railroad and New York City Transit. There's a big pay gap between us, and it has everything to do with the makeup of this workforce. In fact, it was refreshing to hear um, New York City Councilman Danique Miller, who was also um, the ATU president for the buses in Queens, um, he made it clear the reason why EMS workers get treated the way they do is because they are mostly comprised of people of color. So if you have these politicians recognizing that because of the makeup of this particular um, agency, they are getting treated a certain kind of way. When I say that same exact argument, they say I'm race baiting, I'm this, I'm that. These people was on City Hall steps saying the same exact thing. 
the same exact thing. So we must open up our eyes to the fight and what the fight is really about here. Yes, um, our union do have something to do why we get treated the way we get treated, why um, our contracts is trash and all that other stuff. But it has also everything to do with the makeup of this of this um, agency. Make no mistake about it. It's, 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 it's a historical thing. This, all this has a historical connotation to it. It's systematic. It's systemic, a matter of fact. And, it, and this stuff happens in our communities. It happens at our schools. It happens everywhere where people of color dominate. The work, this happening at work is not nothing new. Y'all must open up your eyes. You have, um, like I said, you have um, politicians who are championing this, this fight now. They are supporting this type of fight. And we must use them to our advantage. And then what, what what was so ironic, what was so ironic about um about the uh when they said that and you looked I looked around on City Hall steps, it was mostly Caucasian workers around. And they had no issue with it because they recognize what it is, man. They recognize what it is. They recognize why they're getting treated the way they're getting treated. And it's because of the makeup of the workforce there. So shout out to those EMS workers, man. Now let's get into let's get into the real business. Let's get into what I really want to talk about today. I want to talk about a hostile work environment. I want to talk about supervisors who take advantage of the workforce and treat the workforce like trash. I want to talk about supervisors who bully the workers and use their titles to their advantage. I want to talk about that today. I think it's about time that we have that talk. Now, um, the situations that I speak about here is solely my opinion. And um, some of it is fact because I have things to back it up. And um, it has everything to do with the acting chief transportation officer, Charles Joseph Henschke. Now, Mr. Henschke has been behind the scenes creating a very hostile work environment um, for me by using his title and his influence to get, you know, subordinates to write me up, um, get people to ride my train, observe my observe my operation. Um, he tried to get super uh, not superintendents. He tried to get uh, train service supervisors to coerce me to get me to change um my G2 25 days after the incident, which is very weird. Um, and that, that was just an attempt to trap me off. Um, they stalk my social media because for some reason they think that I'm foolish enough to use social media while I operate. Now, why would I do that? Because there's bosses, there's actual bosses who follow my social media and I'm not foolish enough to give myself away like that. I'm not, operating and posting on social media that's stupid but you know this is the games that they play and um he may have been i'm not too quite sure about this one but he may have been behind the write-up that i got when the homeless guy went to um use the uh the women's bathroom at 96th street uncontested no locks no anything he went to take a shower in a female's locker room and startled a female employee 
and I made a video um, on break and uh, show how easy it was to get into the facility. Strangely enough, I get uh, a, a basically a Dan. It wasn't really a Dan. It was just like a, a, a re-instruction, basically, of reminding me of the rules. But it came from the executive vice president office. And that's what made it strange. And when um, Clemente, when General Superintendent Clemente, you know, gave it to me, you know, he was polite, whatever the case may have been. But, you know, he made it clear that this was political because it came from so high. And and no, usually a um, dispatcher or, you know, some type of uh, level one supervisor, which I would call him, uh, will give you the discipline. No, the general had to give me this discipline, which I found strange. I don't know if Henschke was behind it, but. Um, what I found out recently of what he tried, I wouldn't put it past him. I'm not going to talk about that incident, though. But I want to give y'all a little brief history on Mr. Henschke. Now, um, this is a bulletin, and this bulletin is from 2016. Uh, if you look on the highlighted sections of the bulletin next to where it says, says distractions, it says no charging electronic devices on TA property. This was written in by Mr. Henschke. Now, there was an incident or something had went down where um, workers had gotten into some type of discrepancy over a socket and Henschke got wind of it. And when he got wind of it, he came down and started snatching employees' charges out the wall. I want to see what y'all saying on Facebook. Um, he went snatching workers' charges out the wall. And he put up this bulletin that he altered himself, which I believe is against the rules. But this shows you what kind of mind frame that this manager is in. He feel that he's above the rules. He could create his own rules on the spot. So he put up this bulletin. He wrote no charging electronic devices on the property. He came out there taking people charges out the wall. And then he instructed his subordinates, which were the TSS, to make sure that nobody is charging their phones on TA property. In fact, he said electronic devices, period. He didn't want anything plugged into the walls at um, Coney Allen Stillwell. Was that right? No, it wasn't right. But this is the kind of things that this man um, has done. Now, um, another thing that he has, that he, he did when, I don't know if y'all remember this, this is also at Stillwell. I want to know which one of you guys remember this. Remember the learning from others. Now, for those who don't know, the learning from others was a bulletin board that supervision put up. And this was under um, uh, Henschke. Um, he, he, he was there. He was a big supervisor there at the time. And this was under his um, watch, his leadership, basically. So the learning from others board was a board where management, hung up employees incident reports without even without them even you know going through the grievance process or anything yet but they hung up employees incident reports redacted their names um at first it was only it was only the names at first but they kept the jobs now anybody know that you could find any who who that person is if you know what job they work and the way they redacted out the names you could still see who name it was so it wasn't a true redaction so picture you coming into work and you seeing your incident report on the board. How are you supposed to feel coming 
and, and to work and, and, and doing your job to the best of your ability. How are you supposed to feel about that? There's, there's no good feeling about that. So once I got wind of that, um, I reached out to the media and the daily news at the time it was Dan Rivoli when he was there. They put up a um, MTA managers killing train crew morale by posting embarrassing incident reports at station terminals. Now, this what it took for the MTA to take that down. It took for them to be embarrassed. It took for them um, to be put on blast. And it shouldn't have. It shouldn't come to this in order for us that to keep our dignity and respect in check. But this is what happens under Henschke leadership. This is facts. This is fact that I'm saying. Now, the next thing I'm going to put up is this nepotism um, thing from the Code of Ethics, the MTA um, Code of Ethics, um, nepotism, section 8.01. Basically, um, before I get into that, let me give you all the background story. So, Mr. Henschke, he has a brother down here who operate trains. And I don't have no problem with him. You know, he's in progressive action, but I leave him there for a reason because I know that he reports back to his brother and I'm cool with that because I know that um, Henschke, he's very reactive. He, 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 he um, retaliatory. He's all of that. So this is why he does what he does because his brother reports back to him, but I have no, no problem um, with his brother. He's supposed to um, have his brother best interests. It's no problem with that. I understand that dynamic. But um, Acto Henschke, he used his power and influence to get his brother a cushy job at 130 Livingston. A job off the train, a job in which he was hired for. He was hired to operate trains. Um, But he gave him a job at 130 Livingston Street, basically doing office work. Now, what makes this flagrant and personal to me is that there are a lot of workers women workers who are pregnant, who need these positions, who would love to do office work, um, to get off the train, up, climbing up and down trains, possibly being uh, assaulted. Just recently, uh, a, a conductor was assaulted, pregnant, eight months on the train. But you have guys like Henschke who use his power and his influence to get his brother jobs like that so to me that says that these jobs at 130 Livingston are only for nepotism that's what it's saying to me 130 Livingston jobs are only for nepotism it's not for pregnant women it's not for people who may really need it um it's only for people who know who you know or who you connected to that's what that says to me now um ironically um, I guess a few weeks ago, probably like a month, maybe a month ago. I don't know. But his brother was sent back to the road to operate trains to do as what he was hired to do. After being there for well over a year, um, I had plenty of female conductors in which I got documented. Don't think that I'm doing this show and just running off at my mouth. I'm just giving them a little bit to know, to let them know that I know what's going on. Trust me. So I, I have some female conductors and train operators who were denied um, work like this type of work while he had his brother in the office doing that type of work. 
Now, I remember the first time I met um, Barry Greenblatt. He's the vice president of Subways. And um, he knew who I was. And, you know, he said he watched the show or whatever the case is. Of course, I expect him to watch the show because I'm an up-and-coming threat to them in some form or fashion in which I don't know why they would want to look at me as a threat or uh, being against them. I'm just trying to write some things that's wrong here for the members. That's all I'm trying to do. Now, um, this is allegedly that um, Henschke was very upset. Now, he knows because he said it because he know that I know a little too much by him watching this show right now or hearing about this show. He know that I know a little too much, but this is a fact, alleged fact. He was upset at Barry Greenblatt because Barry Greenblatt took a picture with me and I put it on the internet. He was upset at that. And um, I also heard allegedly that he wants to go after Barry job, but that's, that's a management thing. I don't want to focus on the management stuff too much. That's their business. But I'll tell you this. If 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 Henschke gets that vice president of the subway job, we are all in trouble. You best to believe that we are all in trouble. Make no mistake about it. Now, um, you know Henschke, he's pretty smart in how he moves. I won't, I won't let me let me not say that he's um. Let me not say that he's pretty smart because he to me is not it's not intelligent what he's doing but he's smarter than the people that he's using I'll tell you that much now what he does is that he don't directly connect himself to a situation so when he used superintendent um the jesus to write me up um and and it, it keeps his hands clean like it's no direct connection as to who is this guy getting everybody written up so he used different people so it won't look like it's coming from him but this is a fact this is another fact before i received that discipline i received discipline about intercar barrier springs now everyone who knows that the job of a conductor the job of the conductor does not entail the intercar barrier springs that is the train operator that's the train operator job the conductor job is the safety chains, but he doesn't know the job too well. He don't he don't really know the rules. In fact, when I went to two Broadway to argue this, the TSS and I'm surprised he didn't know the rule too much either. But the intercar barrier springs is the job of the train operator. The safety chains is the job of the conductor. They tried to hit me with the train operator job and I'm a conductor. Now, ironically, going back to him getting the TSS to change my statement that's what that whole thing was about they wanted me to change my statement on that that minor infraction that didn't really involve my title which didn't make no sense now if i would have lied on the g2 or changed my statement a second time they would have found a way to try to hang me i'm much smarter than that i'm much, way 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 more smarter than that but he used his title and his influence to get people to do his dirty work for him because he just recently tried it again. And Henschke, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to talk about it because it's, it's things happening. But I got to protect my coworkers and let them know how you are behaving out there. Just for the nepotism thing alone and your connection to that. Now, of course, you didn't 
put your brother there yourself because I'm quite sure you're smarter than that. But you use your acto title. You use your influence and your connections to say, hey, put my brother over there. You did that. There's no way if a pregnant female can't get that same that same um, opportunity. How, how out of 8,000 workers your brother end up getting that opportunity? How does that work? Explain to me how does that work if nepotism isn't involved? Now, um, he he he. Like I said, he never he never he keep his hands clean. He never do the dirty work himself. Never, 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 ever, 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 ever. And he will get people to do it for him. That's the dangerous part. But they they too, their their day will come where they have to sit down. And explain everything that they did or they lose their pension. It's going to come. promise you that. It's going to come. So to everybody doing his dirty work out there, continue to do it. Do it with a smile. Do it with impunity. Do it to death. Because your day is coming also when you have to sit down and explain your actions. Now, um, ever since I started Progressive Action, this one, he he has been the constant name that I heard. Hensky. Hensky, Hensky, and he was in the A division at the time, wreaking havoc over there also. And um, I finally got a chance to get a dose of his medicine in 2016 with this whole Charger thing. And if the MT- and to the MTA, I don't want to hear that you guys don't know how what he's doing out here. You know, for the nepotism thing alone. He should have been demoted or let go because it's unethical what he's doing. You cannot trust him. He, he snatched our charges out the wall at Stillwell. He's a bully. Um, that's harassment. That's intimidation. And he used he tried to use the TSS as his proxies to carry that out. If you don't believe me, go interview the TSS at Stillwell. Go do it. Go ask them what went on. Or if they don't want to be honest, just ask the workers. It's a whole bunch of workers that knew what happened, when it happened. And some of them are supervisors right now, but I, I have the post. So we ain't got to worry about that. Now, um, a lot of su- a, a lot of us know that these supervisors use discipline to make a name for themselves. And sometimes we look back and we say, yo, how does supervisor get promoted when he's like X, Y, and Z and the only thing he do is write people up and, and this and that. Now, in my eyes, if a supervisor have to continuously have a lot of write-ups in their district, continuously, no matter where they go, a lot of write-ups, it shows bad supervision. It doesn't shows it doesn't show intervention. It doesn't show um, proactivity. It shows a bad supervisor who don't know how to manage. That's what it shows. Nothing else. Now, um, these actions that I I just named with Henschke by himself, he's only one person. There's many more out there whom I didn't have a personal experience with so I'm not going to name them but if any time um, a worker wanted to talk about a superintendent and your personal experience with them this platform will forever be open to talk about that but um, you know these actions by Henschke alone these little bit that I named it's a whole bunch that I'm, I'm not going to say that I know about um, but the workers are coming together and we're going to present something. 
that's going to knock a lot of these superintendents down. But this is what's morally wrong and, and culturally wrong with the MTA and how the rank and file members are treated. He's a prime example of that. And and like I said before, I believe the MTA know fully, fully on what Henschke does and how he acts. But they turn a blind eye to it because this is what some of those other bosses want. They want us to be treated like trash. They want us, they they want to use their titles to intimidate us, to harass us, to think that we're never on a we we not on a level and we never could be on a level. This is what some of these guys want. This is what they do. But we never had a platform where we could respectfully talk about what these supervisors have done because there's no there's no real avenue. Like if I have a problem with Henschke, who do I complain to? Barry? Um, Bifit? Like, are they really gonna get involved? So and a lot of these superintendents, they look out for each other. I'm not mad at that. So when we get abused, when we get treated wrong, who can we run to? Who can we go to? We can't really do anything. So I know one thing on how to deal with these bullies. When you're dealing with certain bullies and you put them on blast, and it's not even blast. This is just me talking of my experience with a, a, a certain individual in New York City Transit. Um they tend to calm down because it seems like the sheet, the the, the sheet, you know how and, and what what's Scooby do, how they pull the they always pull a mask over somebody's head and we find out who they are. This is what it does to them. Now we have a platform to address these supervisors to say, hey, this is what guys like Henschke is doing. And I'm not gonna name anyone else's name because this is this is going somewhere sooner sooner than later. This is People go come down, start asking questions sooner than later. And I'm going to actually give the TA an opportunity one more time to fix this because the last time I wrote the MTA email, and I was surprised at their response. The, their response was, Tramel, why don't you go ask him what the problem is? Oh, oh, oh. You want me, I'm telling you that this man is doing X, Y, and Z. And you want me to ask him what his issue is? That's just like taking, telling a female to go back to her abuser to try to try to rationalize with her abuser. Like, how does that work? How how does that work? But I got it in. I have it in writing to protect myself to show that, you know, um, to show. That's right, Joe. Um, Scooby Doo. But I have it in writing. You know, if something come down and show, look, I tried to take the necessary steps and the TA, my employer, put the ball back in my court. And I and I probably understood why why they did that, because they probably look at me as a strong individual. Tramel can handle himself. He don't need this X, Y, and Z. But when you have people who's going out of their way to try to get you written up, to try to get you fired, that's trying to get you demoted, this is a whole nother ball game. And and what's what's crazy is that the MTA just recently promoted him to, to acto he was acting acto i believe now he's the acto and the only person he reports to is the chief transportation officer which i believe is probably mcphee or whatever the case is then after mcphee is greenblatt then after greenblatt is bifit you know i haven't went to um i ain't gonna say who i went to but um i want to see because one of two things is gonna happen 
the MTA is going to cut me a check or the MTA is going to cut me a check. That's what it's going to come down to. I'm not, I'm not going to take this type of harassment. Nobody should take this type of harassment. And the MTA have a history of promoting bad supervisors. This is just what they do. So, um, um, Mr. Henschke, I know that you watch my social media. I know that you're mad about what I write on my social media. And um, I want you to stop harassing me at work. I want you to stop creating a hostile work environment for me at work. I want you to stop using your title to intimidate others, to write me up, to try to get me to change my G2s. And, and um, it, it just needs to stop because I am not the average employee who is going to back down or don't know how to defend myself politically, don't have lawyers, don't have support in the community. I'm not that, I'm not that person. So whatever you're doing, I mean, in fact, I don't want you to stop. I want you to keep doing what you feel is right. But when I respond back politically in the right way, in the correct way, because you made plenty of mistakes, you ran your mouth around people who you wasn't supposed to run your mouth around, you don't know what kind of information that I got over here. But I'm going to give the MTA an opportunity to do the right thing. I'm going to give them the opportunity because you seem to want to bully us and you seem to want to, um, you know, and I'm not the only person that you have done this to. I'm just the only one that's going to take a stand against what you're doing. So now while I got you guys watching, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up again because I think that this is so dope. Pancakes and paint for the kids every first Sunday of every month the first one is this sunday october 6th the pancakes and paint is 11 a.m to 3 p.m and if you can't make it to that morning session they also have pizza and paint from 4 p.m to 8 p.m same thing every first sunday of every month starting october 6th and the address is you see on the screen sesame flyers 3510 church avenue brooklyn new york one one two zero three. I think that's dope. Um, that's actually by um Canela Gomez. So shout out to him for this dope idea. And once again, the promo code for the event is Proact, P R O A C T. And like I said, starting this Sunday, October sixth. The link is in the description for the tickets to get your tickets. The link is in the description of this video. I think that this is very dope. I had to do that while I had you guys' attention. So make sure you bring your kids because if it's sellout, I'm going to feel good about that. Um, but once again, we're not going to be taking any abuse from any supervision. I don't care who it is, ATD, um, all the way up to Mr. Byford. We're not going to take no disrespect from anyone. And for the most part, I would like to say this, that my um supervisors they respect they are very respectful for the most part most of them are very respectful i have a good working relationship with them it's a respectful relationship and there are not a lot of bad supervisors in new york city transit but the ones that are bad they actually mess it up for everyone so moving forward the platform will be open to report 
bad supervisors, specific incidences. Now, I know a, a lot of people, I had about four people that wanted to call in and talk about Hensky, but this is somewhat a personal matter between me and him, and I didn't want to dilute it too much. But moving forward, we will open up the phone lines to talk about this specific supervisor and everything that he has done. And once again, I need you guys to follow um, us on Twitter at Progressive Act. Let me put that back on the screen. Follow us on t- Twitter at Progressive Act. Twitter is so important to the movement. I don't think that you guys really understand how important Twitter is to the movement. You guys is missing out on everything, everything with Twitter, but it's very important. Hold on a second. I'm going to put it on the screen. I like for it to be on the screen. Oh, that's my name. Let me put the Twitter on the screen real quick. But follow us at Progressive Act. It's very important. The women's, the women's brunch is coming October 26th, Saturday, October 26th, 217 Ocean Avenue. That Sugar Hill restaurant is a uh, special guest being added um, by the week. We need the women to come out. Please come out and support this. This is a very important event. And that's all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch y'all later. Peace. <laughs>